Hello and welcome back to the CHGO Fire Podcast. I am your host, Alex Campbell, and just like the Chicago Fire, the podcast is back after a brief hiatus. We hope this return to the podcast will go better than the Fire's return to league action went on Sunday night. I am joined today by a man who is a very passionate Chicago soccer fan. He also has worn many other hats, co-founder of the Black Fire Supporters Group, as well as the Chicago fan club of Bundesliga side FC Köln. He also produces German soccer content under the moniker 50 plus donor, where you can find him on both Twitch and Twitter. Jake Payne, welcome to CHGO Fire. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on. I'll ignore the shirt from what happened this last weekend, but <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, for those of you who are just listening, I, I, I'm wearing a Bruce Dortmund jersey. I think this is the 1718 home shirt, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, knowing that Jake's a big German soccer guy, I wanted to wear something German. I wore my Schweinsteiger German national team shirt a couple shows ago and then the other option was an rb leipzig tyler adams shirt but you would not have been able to see the tyler adams portion of that shirt and uh, if you follow jake anywhere you know his feelings and many german soccer fans feelings on the energy drink franchise that is rb leipzig so enough about that we've got a lot to get into and jake i think we wanted to start today with before we get to the loss from the weekend uh, a lot's happened both uh, in the fire and around the fire over the last month since the last podcast. So uh, they were, of course, knocked out of the League's Cup by Club America. 1-0 loss back on August 4th. Uh, We did not do a show after that because there was very little to look forward or talk about, and that game was, um, I think, about as expected. I think there's only a couple points of the game worth noting. Uh, Kasper Shabilko misses a complete sitter that would have given the fire the lead, and a minute later, Club America scored the game's only goal. Uh, Chris Brady was generally good before being KO'd. Uh, Brian Gutierrez took a full-on cleat to the crotch. Uh, and there was not a red card involved in that because cocky half. Um, it was an interesting game, but Jake, has anything stuck with you from that America experience? Because not very much has stuck with me. Um, it was. It's a weird game. It was like both extremely forgettable, but also extremely eventful somehow. Like it was in that mill round. Uh, I think what's going to stick out for most people is a uh, Casper miss. Like, I, I'm someone who doesn't want to be too hard on players a lot, but that miss really did culminate a lot of it. It didn't help people's feelings about him of no. being under being under uh, being under what the under rate not underrated, but like just going under expectations right now. Like, he was so good with Philadelphia. I have no reason why he's struggling so bad here. And, like, that miss, like, if you if you haven't seen it, it sounds like it would just be like, a oh, like, you know, it could happen to anybody. This was legitimately, like, a very awful miss. Like It, it looks like me trying to shoot with my left foot, which and I have no left foot to speak of whatsoever. And it's, I don't even remember, I, I don't know who hits the cross. At that point in the game, it might be Arno Suke. Maybe Marin mm-hmm. Holly Selassie. It's somebody down the right, and it's just a perfect ball across the top of the six yard box. He's two yards out. The keeper's given up on the play. He's got no shot. Yeah. And like the keeper's just watching, and it goes into the side netting. And to your point about kind of the, the knock that's been on Casper, this is now culminated with the. I guess I'll call it the rumblings and the chatter over the last two weeks since the release 
of Major League Soccer's impending free agent list, which notably did not include Casper uh, Shabilko's name, neither as a free agent or um, or somebody with a team option. And, um, you know, I, no one said anything official, but I've heard from people I trust that he did, in fact, get a contract extension through the 2025 season that the club just didn't announce. Um, so that's not exactly helpful to the entire aura around Casper Shabilko right now. But yeah, I mean, it's, this is a, I'm beating a dead horse here, but I mean, he's a, he's a very nice guy. He's good for the locker room. No one's got anything but nice things to say about him as a person. And it just hasn't worked out on the fire side. So the fire get knocked out of the tournament. But of course, the story of the League's Cup was Inter-Miami and Lionel Messi winning seven games in a row. Um, just they completely took over the tournament. Messi scores 10 times in seven games, including in the final. Uh, this tournament for being as uh, Jeff Ruder of The Athletic helped us preview it out here on CHGO Fire. And he basically said, yeah, the only point of this was the money. Uh, and, you know, for a tournament that was pretty much just a big money grab, uh, I actually thought it was kind of fun. Um, not sure if we're ever going to see it again because we've got uh, Copa America and the Olympics next summer. Uh, 2025 sees the United States host an expanded 32-team Club World Cup. And then, of course, you've got the Men's World Cup in 2026 and maybe the women's in 27. So summer and oh, soccer in America is booked for a while. But, you know, I don't know, Jake, what, what, what are you thinking about the League's Cup? I was skeptical, but this was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, It was, I think it was interesting counterbalancing that with, like, Women's World Cup going on. Although not like time wise, but I think attention wise, um, I like you said for something that was like very purely about money and like they weren't really hiding hiding that at all. No, there was a lot of interesting <laughs> moments. I think like the chaos of having uh, two very chaotic North American leagues playing each other made itself very present. Like you had. What was it uh, the Club America fans storming, like running onto the field during Nashville? You had all the goalkeeper antics, um, just messy, like the mess. I don't know if we're going to talk about the messy signing, but that thing. I mean, he looks, he looks like someone who recently played at PSG, playing people like defenders who might make league minimum. Like, it's, he, no, he mean, looks it's, like it's he should not be here. It would look like I saw a great, um, <laughs> I saw a great tweet. I think this was from. Um, Kim McCauley, who does a lot of great women's soccer. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and it was basically like, I expected Messi to be walking around and looking like he was on vacation. And instead, this guy's out there running sprints like it's Real Madrid. And I think that's the funny thing is like, yeah, like we, the Messi, I mean, how long this is going to last? Who knows? But like, at least for his first seven games in that pink shirt, He's been Leo Messi. I mean, that goal he scores in the final where he leaves Walker Zimmerman for dead and then just bends a perfect shot into the top corner. I mean, it's it's unreal it is unreal to watch. And is any of this legal by um roster standards? Maybe not. <laughs> I mean, again, uh, Tom Bogart at the Athletic did a really nice job of laying it out that basically says if you want to believe it's legal, you have to believe two things. One, that Rodolfo Pizarro took zero dollars on his way out the door and he's just accepted a mutual end to his contract before he signed for, I believe, AK Athens in Greece. And then the other thing you have to believe is that Jordi Alba is making less than one point six million dollars annually. Um, 
And if those two things are true, then it's legal. I'm still not going to be surprised if we get to the offseason and MLS is like, hey, surprise, uh, we're going to change some rules. And Miami was kind of cooking the books for six months. But, hey, it was fun, wasn't it? And then, you know, everyone will move on with their lives. Um, but, yeah, Messi's been unreal. Um, Soldier Field, October 4th, although I'm a little nervous about that. It is the only away midweek game in MLS that Miami have left on their schedule. All their other away games, they only have two midweek games the rest of the season. All their other league games are Saturdays. Um, and so the two I'm worried about if I would be a fan are Orlando, which is three days before the potential Open Cup final if they win tomorrow night. Um, and I imagine, not just Messi, if I'm Tata Martino, I'm like resting like everybody for that Orlando game. Like there's no go win a trophy. Um, and then the fire, the fire being an away game in a th- what would basically then be a three game week. Uh, and the field is going to be interesting because yeah, but we we want Bears. Messi to come to Tango Sur and we, get some good steak. Uh, t- Tango Sur, uh, wherever he wants to go. I mean, no. uh, oh, what's the other Argentinian steakhouse? I mean, the, the Brazilian one's Fogo de Chao. Well, there's there's El Che over here on uh, Madison, which is delicious. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Just, yeah, we, yeah. We, if anybody's got a good recommend recommendation in Chicago for an herba mate, like let's let's get those going. And we that's if you if you want to get an Argentinian to like pilgrimage to a place, just Tell them there's Herba Mate, and it seems like Argentine international soccer players will just flock there because I don't I don't know if it's even allowed for them to like post an Instagram story traveling without <laughs> like Mate in hand. It's amazing. Don't give them any any home give, keep home field advantage. Let it, send them to uh, Pizzeria Uno or something. Like. <laughs> just lie to them about where about where to go. Just send them to the most touristy places possible. Just go send them to the Rainforest Cafe, even though it's been closed for like five years. You know wh- why not? Send them um, to Navy Pier and they'll never want to come back. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not coming back. Um, so, also the other fun note I think we want to touch on about this is Liga MX teams real mad, um, which some of which was funny because they were complaining about how the referee refereeing was unfair and the referees they were specifically mad at were Liga MX referees or maybe some other CONCACAF Central American referees. So that was a good time. Uh, and then Tata Martino, who, of course, might have a bit of a bone to pick with just Mexican football in general, shooting back. It's like, hey, you guys agreed to uh, take the money to play this tournament in the United States. So, yeah, uh, you also alluded to the goalkeeper antics. Um, T-Grace's goalkeeper was doing magic tricks in the middle of a penalty shootout. Like, I think that got glazed over too quickly. The dude, like, did the pull a handkerchief out of my sleeve gag in the middle of a PK shootout. Like, that's just... You know, whatever you want to say about League's Cup, about MLS, like, you're not going to get that watching the Premier League or watching the UEFA Champions League. You're just you're just not going to get that kind of entertainment. He was literally miming. Like, they, <laughs> they lost to a mime. I, how do you how do you reconcile that in, like, the locker room after a game? Like, when you're reviewing film, you have to watch all those tricks again. Yeah, yeah. for the next week, or, like, whenever you next take, have to prepare to take penalty shootouts, like, that film's coming out, and no one's, right. no one's, no one's having a good time there. Um, but, like, the upshot now is Miami are last place in MLS. We're going to talk more about the standings later, but the Fire are currently in the last play-in spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they are 14 points ahead of Inter-Miami. The Fire have 10 games left. Miami have 12 games left. Um, you know, the Miami basically needs to average, they need to average better than two points a game if they're going to catch even the fire. 
Um, but, you know, you start looking at that October 4th game and you're thinking if they go on a run, that's going to be right about the time that Miami is creeping up on the playoffs picture. And, you know, that 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 fire Miami game beyond being an, a messy event has the potential to be a kind of a six pointer in terms of the uh, of the playoff race. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. Miami's got. um you know, not the hardest schedule in the world going forward. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't know quite what to make of it, but I mean, you feel like, right, like they're just going to keep winning, right? Like they've got to make the playoffs. Like the, this, the theoretical script to this season dictates that Miami's got to get in the dance. Um, <laughs> I mean, th- that is like, it's a lot of points. And like, mm. yeah, Messi really changed the game in Leaks Cup. But I mean, when you start, the usual travel once the the weather starts getting worse and you have to play in Chicago in October, which I honest I he hasn't done it so far because you know I I think the red carpet's being laid out. But like when he gets to Soldier Field, it's probably going to be raining in October and the Bears just played on it or something. Like, is he even gonna like? Is he going to play? I don't I I don't know. Yeah, but. I've also mentioned that the, I'm sure discussions are ongoing. I forget if it's there's with the new ever since the fire moved to Soldier Field, it's in the contract that the park district has to replace the turf a certain number of times annually. Um and so I would hope that discussions have taken place between the park district, the fire and the bears about like hey, if we're going to do Let's 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 be strategic about when we relay the grass down because it looked fine the other night after the first preseason game, um, and so it's y- y- you you hope it's not a crater field, but at the same time, you know, it, it injured Christopher and Cuckoo. Like, yeah, right. Oh uh, yeah, don't tell me as a Chelsea fan. Don't remind me. That's uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I watched that in person. That was not fun. Um, uh, this, this, so the Bears but, play on October first. Yes, at Soldier yeah. Field, and then. Uh, before that, they only play September 10th. So there's only two Bears games in the regular season. I mean, they play this weekend, but then the 10th of September and October 1st are the two Soldier Field games before Messi would be here. So the one thing that you just have to hope for, and we saw this last year, since they switched to the Bermuda grass, it holds up better than the Kentucky Bluegrass did. Bermuda. Bermuda, thank you. Um, All you have to hope for is good weather for that Bears game. If If it's a clear, pretty normal day and the field is dry, it should be fine. If it's a monsoon, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, but, you know, again, um, it's the whole stadium's open. Assuming nothing weird happens for right now, you'd guess it's going to be 50,000 plus, which is going to be wild for a fire game. Um, it's just going to be a wild experience in general. But we got a lot to get to before that happens. Um, on the Messi and Miami note, the U.S. Open Cup semifinals are tomorrow. Um, Miami is at Cincinnati at TQL Stadium, which should be a raucous atmosphere, uh, similar to what they faced in Nashville the other night. Um, but that stadium is, I think, built even more to keep noise in. So that should be should be really cool to see tomorrow night. And then uh, the nightcap is Real Salt Lake at Houston in the western half of the semifinals. Houston, of course, who knocked out the fire. Um Outside of the fire, um, you know, speaking of Soldier Field, we are back to football lines on the soccer field season. Mazel tov to all who celebrate. Um, we are also normally in, heading into random games get moved to Bridgeview season, but Messi's complicating that a bit because if, if there's no Messi, that October 4th game, that's a Bridgeview game. That is 
absolute yeah. mid midweek against well, I mean, they Miami. Sold all these tickets, though, haven't they? No, I'm saying in past years. No, they've oh, sold all these oh, tickets. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. In yeah. like past years, basically, yes. the they move all once the Reds, especially once the Red Stars are kind of done. Right. They move any games that aren't a clear like big ticket opportunity. So like, if the LA Galaxy last season and Chicharito were coming to town, that game stays at Soldier Field. But any game where they're like, eh, whatever, especially with the fire out of the playoff chase like they were last year. SeatGeek. So now this year we might see less of that um, because if, you know, maybe just one or two less, but it depends if the fire stay in the playoff hunt. There's more incentive for Soldier Field. Uh, also, speaking of Bridgeview, got to put a, a plug in here for the CHGO Red Stars podcast, whose next episode should be very interesting as the Red Stars oh. are maybe about to be under new ownership. Uh, Chicago Cubs and Chicago Sky co-owner Laura Ricketts. Uh, has reportedly put together a group of investors to purchase the club. It is awaiting NWSL final approval, but that's... Are we allowed to say anything about that? Um, broadly? I mean, uh... Alright, I'll I'll just, I'll, uh... No, no, fire away. If you've got some quick thoughts, fire away. Because I know there's, uh, it's, I know people are divided on how good of a thing it is, because there's obviously positives and negatives to everything like this. Right, but I mean... I'll say that uh, the if you look at the total ownership group outside of Laura Ricketts, it's it's decent. It's very good. It, majority women led. They're black women on board. Uh, I think just the the ownership group also comes from like a lot of different parts of Chicago too. Like mm-hmm. a lot of different te- like expertise areas. So um, I will I will defer my thoughts about Arnhem, but I will say that the the ownership group is it looks it looks like there's some thought put into this, which is nice. Yeah, the big thing in that announcement that stood out to me, and again, this is all theoretical, but in addition to the purchase price, the promised twenty five million dollars in further club investment. Now they didn't specify where that money's getting spent. There's a whole lot of places you could spend it, um, but to me that's the part that's like, okay. Because, I mean, you know, you talk, you know, Chicago on the men's side gets talked about as a sleeping giant all the time. We've seen in past years what the Red Stars are capable of being in the NWSL. Like, they are are capable of being a flagship team in that league. And hopefully, in the years to come, they are able to return to that. But we are going to get into that fire loss to Orlando City here in a moment. There are quite a few things to note from that game. And, um, especially some comments after the game. I thought C.J. Brown in particular, who was filling in as the head coach, had some really insightful thoughts on it. But first, a word from our sponsors at Ray Auto, specifically at Ray Chevy. Are you in the market for a new or used vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you because Ray Chevy in Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team. And we're talking to the team at Ray, and they have this pledge called the Ray Price Promise. It's a guarantee that the price you see online is the price you pay when you go into the dealership. We found that in many cases, other dealers will raise the price on you when you come into the dealership, saying things like, are you a recent college grad? Are you active in the military? Are you a farmer? And in most cases, you're probably not. And that's when the other dealers will raise the price on you, saying that that price online included limited rebates that you don't qualify for. Well, at Ray Auto, that is not the case. The price you see online is the price you pay with no add-ons to the price 
ever. In fact, Ray will do everything possible to find additional savings for you, which may make the price even lower than what you saw online. As one, one of the top-selling dealers in the Midwest, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and save big at Ray Chevy because they now have over 100 Chevy Trax models available starting at $21,495. Now through August 31st, all buyers can qualify for 0% financing, make zero payments until 2024, plus put no money down, and best of all, zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise. Visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com, serving the community since 1963, find new roads. Chicago Fire 1, Orlando City 3. Uh, you know, it's it's weird, Jake. When you look back at the fire over the last couple months and you look at their MLS form, they've been excellent. Uh, with they have them. Two exceptions. Uh, they have played Orlando City twice. They have lost 3-1 to one on both occasions. Um C.J. Brown, after the game, noted something that I think a few of us in the press box had noticed as well, is Facundo Torres, their big playmaker, started on the right side and would come over to the left, and they were just overloading constantly. And the fire did okay at first. Uh, Carlos Tehran, in particular, um, with a couple good clearances early. But you could see watching this game, you know, I think after the game, C.J. called it unusual the way Orlando attacks. And I, I think that lined up. It was definitely... It was definitely a different way to see a team played. And I also thought Jonathan Dean did okay for most of the night in terms of actually handling the fact that he was often staring at three dudes uh, all charging at him at once. Yeah, I mean, that like that's, that quote stuck out with me because I think it it kind of fits with, I think the fire probably planned for the other time they lost to Orlando. And like that's a, that was a good halftime adjustment because I would say the first half was actually pretty good for the fire. Um but yeah, they they were playing very very confusing, and I think like not having Chichos. I mean, of course, that's going to come for me. But yeah. not having Chichos definitely showed his head towards that second half. Tough loss against the Mickey Mouse team. Jokes aside, um, <laughs> you know, it was. I I I know a lot of fans kind of were like, "Get the fire back," which I mean, it's always funny to make those jokes, but. I think for their first game back in like what almost like just under a month, like I think it was and, full, five full weeks off. So yeah, I mean it. Yeah, been. like it, and like they had, didn't play like friendlies or anything in between that, as far as I'm aware. Like it, 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 it is, it is what it is, right? They they right. were missing some key players too. I'm not super upset over it, but um, it would have been nice to obviously win that. Especially we looked at the table earlier. Like these games are gonna start becoming those games where you look at the schedule and you're like, I sh we should have gotten at least a point. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this toward the end, but uh, the Fire's remaining schedule, you can divide pretty evenly into two halves. The first half of it is relatively easy, and the second half of it is brutal. But yeah, let's yeah, get into this fun. game. A couple notable notes ahead of it. No Frank Klopas on the sidelines. Frank had tested positive for COVID earlier in the day, so C.J. Brown was the acting head coach. Uh, no Chris Brady. He is still dealing with an injury that he suffered that saw him be subbed out of that Copa America match. Uh, he was questionable all week, so the hope is next couple weeks, maybe you see Chris Brady back between the posts. Uh, no Rafa Shihos because he was serving a suspension for yellow card accumulation, which um, won't get too in the weeds on, but he should have been due to be up for it. He should have been back in this game, but he was cited for um, crowding the referee in an incident 
in the Flyers' last game before the break, which then erased the fact that his five games was up. Um, but Jake, since you're here as a big Colm fan, um, you know, what gave, what gave you that impression? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in addition to being a big, uh, you've been a big Rafa Shios admirer for a long time. First, as, as a big fan of him, obviously people who follow the fire will know it's obvious he's a good defender and it's obvious he's a very vocal leader as the captain. From your perspective, though, what else do you stand out about Rafa? Like, what do you what do you like about Rafa as a player, as a guy beyond what someone might notice from just watching him play? Well, real quick on the Spencer Richie thing, dude, what are the fire doing, man? They always have a goalkeeper recently. It's crazy. Like, yeah, one of the. The save he made in the first half where it was like going to be top corner and he saved it. I was like, how do we keep getting away with this? But uh, he's, he said after the game, he thinks it's the best save of his career. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. But for the Rafa, for Rafa Chicho's thing. Um, so what I was super excited for about this signing was one, he's not the fastest player and especially in Bundesliga where you play high lines usually and like counters are very fast. Like you have people like Erling Holland being able to be on the counter. Like you can't really exactly be slow, but his positioning. And I think you're seeing it with how he plays in the fire is insane. He is the best. He's one of the best positioning center back. I think in the league, um, just because of that background, he could, he honestly could still be playing Bundesliga in my opinion, but um, the other thing is, yeah, he's like a very, he was the captain. He, he wasn't the captain with Colm because Jonas Hector, like nobody's going to be captain. Yeah, club him, legend, but, German national team, former. But no matter, like when Colm was changing coaches, like what seemed like every season, no matter what, everyone else got switched out. Everything changed. Like there wasn't a whole off constants, but he was always starting on the back line, no matter who the coach. And I think that said... I think that should say a lot about him to people who didn't know who he was, is that no matter what reign was over FC Cone, he was in their plans all the time. And the team was very sadly left. But I think it's because he can age a little more better in, in, in MLS. He is a very physical center back too. So he is able to like have his game go longer, um, I think, in MLS. And I, I hope he's retired with the fire. Um, but... We'll, we'll see what his career plans are. Yeah, he does seem to like it here a whole lot. Um, I, I was someone, I became aware of him during uh, the COVID period where uh, everybody's Bundesliga watching increased because it was the first thing to be live on television uh, that returned to sports. So yeah, I had I, only seen Hold him Hold on, shout out to Korean Baseball League. Come on. Shout out to Korean Baseball, yeah. Korean, Korean Baseball, Baseball League was fun. Korean Baseball was, was also great. Um, but yeah, the, whatever that, what was that first, whatever that first Bundesliga game was, it was like Schalke against like, forget who, but it was like everybody, there was a bunch of people who had never watched German soccer before who had just decided this is the only thing on. I will watch this. Um, anyway, you, you talked about in this game, Jake, the first half was fine for the fire. Um, first 15 minutes, Orlando kind of held the ball and did nothing with it. Uh, then the fire around minute 16 do get a good chance as Brian Gutierrez blasts over a cross that was set up by Jonathan Dean. Um, I think a couple notes there. I mentioned him earlier it's looking like we might be at a point where Jonathan Dean, who was signed as a free transfer uh, from the Birmingham Legion of the USL Championship, has benched longtime league on veteran Arno Suke. And 
you know, Suke looked okay early in the season, but, you know, that's that's not a development I saw coming. It's not something I think a lot of people saw coming, and he's not going to win, like, team player of the year or anything, but I think Jonathan Dean has, in general, been a pleasant surprise in terms of what would have been reasonably expected from a guy who it felt like was just making up the numbers when he got added to the roster in preseason. Yeah, I thought they were just like kind of like filling out the roster when they got him. I, no offense, Jonathan Dean, if you're watching, <laughs> but I mean, he, I mean, the times they need someone to step up in like a defensive effort, he's been, if, if he gets subbed in, if he starts, like he's, he's stepped up and like they, they struggled on that. And I hope he, you know, I, I don't know what's going to, the future is going to look like, but I really hope he's pretty young too, isn't he? So yeah, I think he's like in his like I want to say he's like twenty four. Um, oh yeah, then I he should they should twenty five. Yeah, I think because I think he basically served out his like first like contract in USL, and yeah. then must have must have known there was MLS interest because you don't just like walk away from that like a starting job on a USL championship team without knowing that something better is coming around the corner. But yeah, no, I think he's he kind of was marketed as a straight up wing back. Cause that's the position mm-hmm. he played in USL. He was playing in a team that played in a back three. And so to see him be defensively so confident, not only at right back, but also he's had to play on his weak side at left back a few times. And he's looked okay. There played like the first two months of the season with a cast on his right hand after oh, yeah. breaking his thumb in preseason. Um, so no, he's been, he's been a breath of fresh air. On the other half of that play, though, is Gutierrez hitting the ball over the bar. And, Jake, I was curious how you feel about this because I feel like, you know, this this season was supposed to be the Brian Gutierrez makes a leap season. And it feels like, you know, there's we keep seeing these bits of promise. You know, there's these sparks, there's these moments, but it's it, I feel like we're starting to head towards a point where... There, I, I, I feel like it's becoming an open question if and when he's going to put it all together. And I mean, I know he's still super young, but right. it just kind of felt like he was on this incredible trajectory late last season, early this season. And then it just kind of feels like things have stalled out a little bit. Do you think that's fair? Um, I think he's had to deal with a lot of change. Um, and with his game, I think it's very – he. I feel like he's more someone who sets up plays, which I think he's still doing fantastic this year. I don't think like mm-hmm. maybe he hasn't scored all that much, but I don't think that's really his. Maybe I'm not speaking right, but I don't think that's really his strength, in my opinion. Right. Um, I think just like the way he opens up plays, the way he's able to find open man and like kind of advance the ball forward um, on co- whether it's on counters or whatever. I think he's still doing that very well. And yeah, I think the scoring piece would like fill it out very nicely where he does get these rumors back of like the preferred season, like with Dortmund and RB Leipzig and some of the rumors he was in, but I, I'm not going to hold too much against him or really for a lot of, uh, for a lot of the players on this team, they've had the game plan change. It seems like every month. So mm-hmm. um, it's a little yeah, hard to build an sure. offense around that. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, again, he's playing somewhat out of position. He's playing nominally as a left midfielder. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, the fire, when they're on the attack, their front five, if we'll call it. Miguel Navarro is the furthest to the left. Uh, Gutierrez then kind of in that left channel, that left half space. 
with Shakiri on the other side of the striker. But yeah, I, it's there's still a lot of promise there. I agree with you. He's more of a a piano carrier than he is a scorer. Um, you know, I, I still think his personal goal is probably to try to make the the U.S. Olympic team um, next summer in Paris. It's a U23 tournament and. You know, he was disappointed. He would have been on the U-20 World Cup team had the fire released him for that tournament. So he is definitely in that orbit. So I just, yeah, I, I think maybe I'm being a little greedy wanting to see him like score chances like that. But it's just because your point, he's been in the rumor mill. And so, you know, again, but you got you got to keep a longer view on a, on a player that young. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned the Spencer Ritchie save in the 32nd minute. A shout out to him for being just such a pro. I mean, he, this is now the second different teenager goalkeeper he has had to back up in this team. And, you know, as as an older guy, that's probably not the easiest, although I guess Chris is 20 now. He was 19 when the season began. So, yeah, I I think you got to give a lot of credit to a guy like Spencer for being willing to kind of just be the on-call goalkeeper. Uh, Game was 0-0 at half. Not a great half overall. And then the second half goes absolutely insane. Um, 47th minute after having a nearly identical shot Saved off a Shakiri set piece. Pineda stays forward. And Mauricio Pineda slams home the opening goal. Fire take a 1-0 lead. Uh, after the game, C.J. Brown talked about how proud he was of Pineda with how well Mauricio has played this season. Um, is he the most underrated player on the on the roster? He might be. I mean, I was going to ask. Is, is I think he might be my vote right now for fire player of the season if the season ended right now. I mean, he's... He's always been this tweener player who's neither a defensive midfielder really nor a center back, but he's looked pretty good this year playing mostly as an out-and-out center back in a back four. And yeah, it's, you know, I think underrated. I think he has been underrated, but I think we're getting to a point now where that might not be fair anymore. I think a lot of people are taking notice of his general contribution. Yeah, I, 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 this season has been so fun to watch him and like, I think he's a player that, like, you don't really notice if you're not looking at it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, like, that's, I mean, that's generally how defensive players and the midfield players sometimes go. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I he's just been building, building, building since he's been on the fire. And, like, I think the he has not hit the roof yet. And, like, I can't wait to see how he continues to go. Pineda is to go. Yeah, I mean, my vote is obviously <laughs> – my vote has been bought – for fire player of the year but i think i think he's a close second <laughs> that, that's 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 fair that's fair so fire take the lead it's like oh this is promising no things immediately fall apart just in spectacular yeah. fashion uh 50th minute cartagena scores in a corner as carlos Tarad just whips on a header you, you, you can't be giving up free headers in the side of your own six yard box that's just never good four minutes after that there's another goal as a cross is knocked down by and and gulo heads it in uh, the fire continue to be really bad at defending crosses, set piece, or otherwise. Uh, Gaston Jimenez, in particular, on the second goal is just standing yeah. flat-footed, ball watching. Um, yeah, we I talked don't... about we talked about how the fire handled those right defensive side overloads well in the first half. Uh, significantly worse in the second half. This was a good example of that. As Orlando made a few tweaks and figured out how to just pound that side of the fire. And then about 10 minutes after that, Miguel Navarro gives away a penalty kick. Uh, Facundo Torres converts. It is suddenly 3-1. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to make of that. It was a very strange 
I thought it was outside of the box, the penalty. It was it was close. It was right it was on the really line. Close. Either way, just the whole process of you know, we've seen the fire do a lot of things with blowing leads or, you know, capitulating late, but this was odd. This was they took a one zero lead and then immediately collapsed. Um, so, I mean, to your point, it's the first game back after a long break. How much can you take from it? But, you know, we've seen the fire lose games in a lot of ways. I'm not sure we've seen the fire lose in this particular fashion. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think what sticks out and like what you're saying is there's only one that would be from open play, which I think is a little encouraging. I get, well, no, maybe dis- discouraging since they're not so good at set, <laughs> set pieces that we found out, but um, yeah, I think the second goal really sticks out because, like you said, uh, Navarro just kind of – I think maybe he was, like, scared to jump because um, whoever got the assist on that was also jumping. I think, like, he didn't want to foul him. But, like, at the end of the day, you're just making things worse because now you have a free assist. Um, yeah, they need to – They. it's so weird because no matter what the coach is, no matter what – place we're in no matter like this team just always does this i'm not sure what it is like is it is is sparky bringing in bad vibes or something do we need to do we need to like take sparky to the vet like what is going on it's especially we were tehran out there because a guy his size should be good in the air like you can make some excuses when it's pineda and she host both those guys are under six feet tall um so like you can make some excuses it's like oh maybe there's some dudes who are bigger than them but like Again, I but mentioned I the first goal. Tehran just a, whiffs on a header, and you you can't be doing that. Yeah, that's the thing that I think also about Chichos is that I think another part of defending set pieces isn't just the jumping part, it's not letting someone jump and like kind of not giving them the free space to get to the spot they need to to jump. And I think on two, the, the two goals there, like you see with Pineda, he just kind of is in – aware of doing that and i think that no matter who's in the back line and whatever like that needs to definitely change because you saw on two of them that they just kind of don't be physical with people in the box and just let them go to the spot they want to go to so Mm -hmm. um a couple other quick things um not happy that we have to note this but it's worth saying um there's no excuse for the chant ever no matter how disappointed you are on the team on the field, no matter how they're playing. I guess the one positive thing was that after the PA announcement about it, it did stop. Uh, this is now the second game in a row this has happened. Uh, the other game being the Club America game. There was a warning right at the end, and the referee just didn't finish stoppage time, which is a common CONCACAF occurrence at this point. And maybe on that occasion, you can deflect blame to visiting supporters, but there's there's no deflecting blame this time. We, we just really don't need to see that, and that's all I'm going to say on that note. Um, but then I, I do want to highlight a quote from CJ Brown after this game, because I, I really enjoyed the way he put this is if we hope another team gets us into the playoffs, then we didn't earn it. We have to earn it. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the I'm preaching to the choir here of people listening to the show. But I really I really like CJ Brown. He's he's a good dude. He's a fire legend. And just the way he put that, though, was just like, yeah, that's it. Like, Oof. You, you can't, is it possible the fire going to backdoor their way into the playoffs? Yes, but like they won't be satisfied with that. So I, I really like that energy. I really like that kind of ethos as the team goes forward. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the quote you want to, you want to hear. Like I think 
you know, usually around this time of the season, even if the fire like down, it's kind of like the team has given up. But like that quote, with it being that close, I think that's it, it's good to see that the team recognizes where they're at. Like whoever the GM is going to be, or like TJ Brown, and you know, I think even by extension Frank Kolbas, like it has to come from somewhere for both of them to be so pumped about. Like, we want to make sure that we're playing our best every single game. To come out of the box, especially a loss like this, and just still be in that mindset is is very encouraging. And, like, that is a quote that um, that I hope the team continues to exemplify as the season goes on. We're going to wrap things up here in a few minutes. But first, I've got to tell you about our friends at Shady Rays. And for those watching, we're going to put on my Shady Rays that I got Ooh, from looking the good. that I'm going to tell you about right now. You can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead. And, oh boy, this week, high of 100 tomorrow and 103 on Thursday. Everybody, hydrate this week if you're in Chicago and find that air conditioning. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we or I have ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. Other great thing about these things, you can unlock your iPhone while you're wearing your sunglasses. Face ID works with wearing Shady Rays. It does not How work that with, with some other uh, expensive sunglass brands I have tried. Uh, if you lose or break a pair, even on day one, Shady Rays have told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked, so you can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is also providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through their Shady Rays Impact Program, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years years to come if you don't love your shady rays you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days there is no risk when you shop their team always has your back exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code chgo for 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses that's how i got these Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 satisfied customers. All right, so the Fire lose their first game back. Uh, now what? Let's take another look for the audience watching on YouTube at the standings. There is the Fire just above the line. A perfect eight, eight, and eight on the season are the Fire. Uh, they would currently play Montreal in the play-in game for that final spot. You can see Miami's down there at the bottom. Fire's upcoming schedule. I mentioned, Jake, that this is going to get uh, interesting. So here's the next set of games. Saturday at the LA Galaxy, Wednesday against Vancouver, Saturday, September 2nd at DC United, and then Saturday, 9-16 at Montreal. Those are all winnable games on paper. Those are all, I believe, that is a full Next four games against teams who are currently not in the MLS Cup playoffs. Um, after that, the run gets a lot harder. There is there's some more challenging games, including that Miami game down the home stretch. Uh, would you agree it's fair to say at this point that this is make or break time? Like the, if the fire are going to, as CJ Brown says, earn it, they got to earn it in the next month. Yeah, I mean, these next four games, like what, that's 12 points. Two of those games are against people who are around them and the standings you can make up some ground and 
I think every team's going to have an uh-oh game. Like, I'm, I don't think they're going to obviously go through the rest of this season without a loss. But, I mean, you could easily have, have a 12-point difference right now if you win those four very winnable games. Um, like, I th- like D- DC also had a slow start out of the gate. Um, Montreal is Montreal. Like, <laughs> But, like, yeah, I mean – it's it, it's put up or shut up time, like like CJ said, like that quote comes out at a good time because, like you said, I think from now on it, it's we we're really going to see if this team is a uh, is, is serious about this, and they they've got to take every single one of those games with with some gusto and with they they can't. I I think like hopefully this game they got their their uh oh out of the way, like you know it was the first game back, whatever. But they cannot be doing that in these next few games. And like, if they if they go in, like you said, the game the running after that is so much harder. And if they don't have, like one of the comments said, three wins, I would say that's that's going to be it. that's going to be an issue. Yeah, I mean, if you look, I mean, Saturday at the Galaxy Galaxy have been like the meme team of the season. Awful. Like it's just hilarious how bad they are. Um, Wednesday and then at home against Vancouver. The Fire have very few home games left. They have a front-loaded home schedule because of the stadium sharing with the Bears. So you got to yeah. get three points at home. That's why I think that Orlando game hurt so much. Okay. I got to go to that one, man. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know that was a D- home game. <laughs> D- D.C. and Montreal on the road. I mean, again, those are direct opponents for those final playoff spots. You know, to your point, you could almost lose the first two because those are Western Conference teams, and that's less important. And the, the games, those two road games, if they get six points – on that road trip, that's they should be at the end of this looking pretty good in terms of still looking to make the playoffs. Uh, but before we got out of here, Jake, because you are such a Bundesliga passionate person and somebody who cares very, very deeply about German soccer, did want to spend a couple minutes before you get out of here chatting about your uh, your country and league of choice outside Ooh. of MLS. Uh, German men's soccer is back, just like all the other big men's leagues in Europe. Um, so again, make sure to check out 50 plus donor on both Twitter and Twitch on uh, Twitch. Been doing game watch alongs, um, having also been, you know, getting some work as a fun guest of someone who, as someone who gets to provide expertise on German soccer. Um, I guess in general, I know this kind of started as a passion project for you, but what, what do you hope other than you just having fun? What do you hope you uh, achieve with like 50 plus donor and all your German soccer passion beyond it just being a passion project for you? I mean, the only reason I really made it, other than so I don't keep talking to myself about German soccer, which I guess I do every week, every week, um, is just people getting more invested in the league. I took, like you mentioned before, during a pandemic time, although I guess we're back in it pretty soon, um, is the league had a huge opportunity to kind of like bury themselves in the mind of people and they failed at it. They're not good at marketing themselves. I'm sure you also know this. Also, keeping up with it, they are awful at marketing themselves. So, unfortunately, it goes to like supporters and fans who do their marketing for them. And to me, I just like the the best thing I could ever hear is like, yeah, because of not just me, but like, oh, I'm into German soccer now. Like that's all I really care about. So, um, a few people have chosen teams uh, that once since I've started and. That's all I really care about. And like also just like making it fun. I think Bundesliga can be a little stuffy when they do market themselves. So Yeah, and it's a fun league. I mean, it's it's I mean, we saw this weekend, you know, 
was it Moshe Gladbach and Augsburg drew 4-4? Four, four? Yeah, like, what was that? That was <laughs> bizarre. Um, there's still, even though some of the Americans have left, there's still a decent American influence in the league if you're into that. Uh, no, it's a it's a fun league. The one thing that might not be fun is who's going to win. Um, how many goals is Harry Kane going to score for Bayern this season? Because I just I look at that team and I feel like it's just he's going to have a re- a real good time playing at Bayern. I mean, comfortably twenty plus. I think everyone could say that. The people saying forty is like the record was forty forever, and that yeah. just recently got broke. So I don't think that's going to be 40, but 20 plus, I think is. Yeah, I, I think uh, the other thing we saw this weekend is, well, one, Jamal Musiala is about to get so many assists. But the other thing is yeah. we saw Kane's passing ability. He's, he assists the opening goal for Leroy Zane. And I think that's the thing if people haven't watched a lot of Harry Kane that, you know, he was being asked to be the creator and the scorer at Spurs. Um, now he's on a team that's got a whole bunch of other dudes who are willing to be that creative force. But I think that's really the thing. When you think about, you mentioned Germany play very high lines. He played Sané and clean from 30 yards. Like, so I think that's the thing is defenses in the Bundesliga are going to have to adjust because if you, if you follow Harry Kane out, if the center backs follow him when he drops, like, you know, Sané, Coman, Davies, whoever, are just going to have a field day running off the back shoulders of defenses. Um, Real quick, Jake, before we get out of here, what's kind of your elevator pitch to people on, you know, beyond that, you know, obviously they should follow your content, but about the Bundesliga, what's kind of like your elevator pitch to people on why it's a league they should make time for? Um, like, there's never zero zero games, really ever. Uh, there's always some type of scoring. I think more so, like, I know people look, this is not an elevator pitch. You would have walked the elevator by now. <laughs> but, like, I think if you are one serious about like i know a lot of americans are are getting tired of like the capitalist part of the game and like teams kind of just doing whatever they want without fan input the 50 plus one rule is incredible and that's what drives a lot of the fan culture in germany and then i know everyone's like well it's the farmers league when what the one team wins every time every other spot is up in the air like it you can never really tell what the table's gonna look like outside first and that in it in itself is still competitive. I know it's not the the league winner you get, but Champions League's never set, relegations never really set. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Although I got to say, I, I I don't feel good about Heidenheim's chances of staying around. I hope that think they're kind of like Luton in England. Everybody, oh, I'm, please a, in- I, I'm a Heidenheim truther. I think. But yeah, just every, everybody, please enjoy <laughs> your tour of the top flight this year, and you know, you have a good time and don't have too many expectations, and then. Dortmund is insane as always. They just refuse to sign defenders, um, and but they're going to be fun going forward. And then I think the team, though, if people are looking for a team to watch this season that isn't Bayern, who I think is going to be fun, Leverkusen sold a couple yeah. people, but they are they they got something there. They 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 got you know, and they got Florian Verts, who might be the best under twenty two player, on most underrated under twenty two player in the world. He's fantastic if he can stay healthy. So um. I think that's going to just about do it for this episode of CHGO Fire with a little uh, cherry on top of, of some Germany chat at the end. Jake Payne, thank you so much. Where can the people find all the stuff you are up to? Don't follow my person on Twitter. It's awful. But you can follow uh, 50 Plus Donor on Twitter and uh, also Instagram and also Twitch. It's the same on literally every single one. 
I'm sure a lot of Chicago soccer fans listening and watching are familiar with Jake's work already, but if you are not, check that out. And we'll be back on the CHGO Fire podcast in a couple weeks as the Fire try to capitalize on this easier portion of their remaining schedule. I'm Alex Campbell. Shout out to Lawrence behind the scenes. Thank you to Jake for joining us today. And we will see you next time here on CHGO Fire.